Welcome back to Infinite Geek Talk, an ongoing conversation between your hosts, former DC Comics editor and owner of Infinite Heroes in Watertown, Connecticut, Paul Santos, who is joined by Keith Field, co-founder of Gorilla Valley Games and the owner of Rat's Nest Studios. Let's listen in. He's funny sometimes, and he certainly likes to say shit. I guess that's Disney's version of, of a stark, violent, grindhouse superhero. A guy who's funny but, and says shit a lot. But it's still it's still campy. I don't I don't yeah. like I really don't like campy stuff. And the show, it's trying to be like intellectual and be like, oh, it's pulpy or serious. Yeah. But yeah. then he's bumbling and totally it's, it's off. off. It's totally off, yeah. I, I love the costume. Both costumes. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was cute, the way that the Mr. Knight costume manifested, even though, you know, obviously there's a different expectation right. for the Mr. Knight character. For those, uh, that costume, relatively modern take on Moon Knight, was a, sort of an EC Comics homage slash the spirit uh, take on Moon Knight that uh, my hero, Warren Ellis, put forward. But again, he's bumbling. But now again, he's bumbling and kind of, ooh, I'm strong now. Right. But it's still cute enough. There's enough craft there. I will say, I enjoy whenever, (laughs) rather than use a character from a rich rogues gallery, we seize two panels from from one limited series and and take a random Nazi's name, uh, attach it to an entirely different villain in another miniseries, and have Ethan Hawke play it. That that's that again. That's what you paid a billion dollars for to play Doctor Frankenstein. Uh, but whatever this hodgepodge character is that he's fighting against, he's pretty compelling. He's doing a solid enough job being you know strained. I'm like character. I'm almost on his side. <laughs> uh, it's very. I need to know more about how this. Uh, are you going to do evil in the future detector works? Because I don't really, I don't think that's very well de- defined. I know he's the bad it, guy. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, what's that, what did that, what could that old lady possibly do in the next, like, you know, half a decade She's, of her life? She, you know, two years in there, the next Taylor. <laughs> right. Uh, spooky stuff, Paul. It involved Kmart. Uh, I, but yeah, it is what it is. I, I, this, it doesn't. It's not Moon Knight, but I try not to be that guy. It's like Disney Spawn. And, oh, that's yeah, that's a good way to put it. And and with all that comes with that, and, and I'm just not digesting. It I well. think I'd forgive all of it if Stephen Grant wasn't the weird like yeah, like Matthew Broderick type of comedic lead you know like this weird like oh golly oh gee i'm an idiot that's the disney touch man yeah that's the I, disney I hate touch. that rich hate have you that. seen it at all i know you're a disney plus man no no i haven't, I haven't seen it. you know my fr- this was my test to myself as those words left my mouth and all of my genius i said if based on rich's response if rich says he hasn't seen it my next words will determine whether or not i like it and honestly the words that almost left my mouth were yeah don't bother Oh. So yeah, I think right there I made my decision. I'm I'm gonna continue with this thing, but I can't recommend it to someone yet. You no, know, I'll tell you how I've been using my Disney Plus time. I've restarted watching The Simpsons from season one. So very good, very good. I, that's what I'm doing. So you have Disney eleven Plus. seasons ahead of Correct. you. Correct. Yes. And, and then you'll begin again. And then it won again, right? Yes. Because that, that is as far as The Simpsons went. 11 seasons. Minus the uh, Michael Jackson episode, because they've still that's taken true. that out. That, that's true. 
It, it, we are not allowed to hear. Lisa, it's your birthday. I have it committed to memory. Uh, I do not need to see it. I have the DVD, so I'm fine. <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is I've committed most of for the first 11 seasons to memory. Uh, so There we go, ladies and gentlemen. One of us has a superpower. Yeah, it's true. I, I gesture to Richard the Soundman, who has committed the first 11 seasons, at least, of The Simpsons to memory. I suffered any number of uh, blows to the head as a child, and they have robbed me of whatever is needed in a mind to ever retain any line of any song or media accurately. Oh, shit. It's true. I, I can't recall anything from memory. It, it, it's terrifying, really. I call it field syndrome. <laughs> Even the most basics of uh, in, in song, I cannot ever commit anything. Eh, you know, obviously the, the elementary school rhymes, the Farajakas of the world. But beyond that, nothing. No I, power I whatsoever. I torment my significant other when a beginning of a Simpsons episode rolls, I will say a line from somewhere near the end of it, and we play a little game as to when and it comes up. I, and I, can, I can generally yeah. play a similar yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like we're watching, for here instance, and, and, and you know, the credits are rolling. I, I see the first few right. minutes of the episode, and I turn to her and I say, let the fools have their tartar sauce. And then Very good. 15 minutes later, there's Mr. Burns telling the fools they can have their tartar sauce. I understand this power. I, I I will not boast, but I, I do possess some minor mastery. I torment my wife by making Simpsons quotes randomly that she does not get and mm. cracks me up every single I time. I, I understand yeah. that. God bless those 11 seasons of perfection that granted us all some measure uh, of this 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 personality marker. Every time I get a video game and I'm typing putting in my name, I don't type it in, but I say Thrill House. And she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, no. Ah. no, mine's poo or ass. Oh, all right. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's good. I, I uh, will offer then that uh, I, I don't think I'm, I've been won over by the Moon Knight yet. No, Moon Knight, I, I'm hoping, for everybody who doesn't know, it seems that Marvel has a pattern of putting in a secret character in all their shows. Sure. Uh, your Agatha Harkness, mm. uh, Ultron. The, the, yes, the, Agatha Harkness, the queen of villainy. Right. Uh, the Contessa. Uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Um, was... She's the worst! I don't care how committed you are to the cult of these damn movies. As much as I love her, she looks so stupid in every scene she's done in every Marvel thing. But I will tell you... Go be... home, Skrull! It'll be saved. Uh, if spoiler! She... If she's the Skrull Queen, spoiler. I will completely forgive her. Because she'll ham it up so good. She... You know? And she will be so friggin' hot green. Uh, yes, yeah. but but that aside, family podcast, uh, she looks so stupid as the Contessa, she does. it breaks my heart. Yeah, if anybody, look up Marvel, look up Contessa Marvel, and you'll be very disappointed that they Meanwhile, cast it exactly, the her. Contessa de la Fontaine, uh, who eventually was ruined beyond all comprehension by a man named Bendis, uh, was, was a character who, for the initiated, represented uh, a dawning sexuality in the, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, care of our friend Staranko. Yeah, think of a more competent Bond girl mm -hmm. um, than you've ever seen. Like more, you know, more on par with Nick Fury than just a uh, sex pot. Indeed, uh, yeah. Nick Fury. Uh, hey, what, what, Paul? Do me a favor. Yeah. What's Paul uh, Nick Fury's uh, full title 
over the years. In I, Shield? Yeah, no, 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 no. The marquee title that would would grace any cover of any series that Nick Fury uh, featured in. So Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. You know, it's just it's sort of organic and funny that we came to this place. And yeah, would you say Nick Fury was a member of Shield? Yeah. You what's that, Paul? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I would. Oh, I gotta kill you. Yeah, wait, now see, here's the thing. Certainly, you might kill me. You're a living, breathing man in this earth, but. It is more likely that it will be mutant kind that overwhelms us under the banner of its eventual master, Factor 3. Uh, would you agree that an agent of Factor 3 might be a member then? No, because Factor 3 but is a super... Nick Fury, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Nick Fury is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. A S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield is an international organization. Yep. Factor 3 is Factor a superhero three team. Has no boundaries or borders. I dare suggest an agent of that organization is an even more intimate member of the organization than Nick Fury would be to S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you very much. Uh, before this record, uh, I gave Paul a reward. I told him I would bring his X-Men rating back up to an 83% based on these Factor 3 shenanigans. What was that back? Ladies, <laughs> it, it, ladies and gentlemen. What was before? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That was down from, oh, dude. 82 was bad. Okay. But, but you're back there now. So okay. 82% again based on this uh, just painful, excruciating proof from the lips of the master himself, young master Pauline. Now, all right. Now, that all having been said, Moon Knight may be odd and and uh, and sort of elusive right now, but I there is one bit of, of Marvel uh, multimedia entertainment which... Uh, we would have spoke of last week, but but uh, sadly we had to wait uh, a spell before sharing our ongoing conversation with you all. Uh, Paul and I went together to a magnificent buffet in in beautiful Wallingford, Connecticut. Delicious. And afterwards, the Pacific Grill. It, oh, it is a heavenly place. And then we went and saw what will certainly be the dawn of a powerful new franchise, a fist. <laughs> Off the head of all of us, Sweet Morbius, the living vampire, the yeah. motion picture. I think that film is a tragedy because I feel bad for everyone involved. <laughs> I feel bad for everyone involved in that film because we'll never know what they actually made. But the studio, for some reason, was like, oh, thanks for your film. We're going to throw it into a meat grinder. <laughs> and uh, we're also going to make it so that no one is actually editing the movie. It's just going to fall. The scenes are just going to happen, you know, randomly. And we'll make sure it's in chronological order. And that's pretty much it. That's all we're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I could be no prouder. Of of Paulito, if he if he read those words off of a card, because right. I mean, if that's all we said, I mean, that's enough. That's the whole movie. Uh, he could have stopped at Morbius is a tragedy, <laughs> because that is the truest thing that was said. It, it it astounded me in its lack of anything resembling craft. Now. But it's edit. I think I will. I meant what I said, though. I to tell <laughs> someone was able editing, to. Someone in the editing room killed that movie. Well, killed it. Well, here's the thing, though. You know, I can't uh, totally agree because 
I don't want to be one of those guys. I mean, every moron on a podcast sits around and pretends they've been to movie school, and so they throw around a term like ADR with, with great uh, impunity. But I may I, or but may I, not do that. But I have to, <laughs> I have to be that, that guy, Paul, because the, the, the movie Morbius should stand as the worst example of, of, of ADR in the modern age. The cop... The friggin' cop with the, cybernetic, with the cybernetic hand, Tyrese. Tyrese. Number one, there is a character in this movie who does not have a cybernetic hand, but we can clearly see he has a cybernetic hand in certain scenes that they have done a bad job of shadowing throughout the movie after those scenes that an editor decided came after other scenes in which this character has a cybernetic frigging hand. I, I want to see how long I can go uh, without ever accidentally dropping the f bomb. I will point out that Paul so far is ahead on the f bomb. That was just one. that was justified, I think. No, it that was. was justified. It was. I'm, I'm going to stand by I'm that. Very proud of myself. Now, I'm not suggesting. I'm not sending anyone to other media. I'm not flexing. I'm not hamming it up. But as someone who's had a presence in the world of podcastery previously over the past 10 years, I tend to work a little blue. So I'm enjoying the level of dignity I've brought to this operation by choosing to champion mutant rights over someone who claims to be the number one X-Men fan. Oh, I don't think uh, I've ever claimed that, but... Well, whatever, X-Freak. I don't want people coming after me for, <laughs> you know... So, so okay. So anyway, I, I've stayed classy. That's so, well, so. it's it's mind-boggling from just the amount of scenes from the trailer. Oh, anyway, yes, the ADR is miserable. Uh, Tyrese, you can. I was reading his lips. Yeah. There yeah. were two scenes where it, the dialogue in no way matched what was going on in his mouth. Thank you for saving my arm. Was clearly thank you for saving my life, and it went on for some time. Yeah, that he's not mouthing along. I. It was more believable to me when a man. Saved a pair of, of, of young lovers from an alien who may have turned into a green ape at his death. And the secret agent in question announced, Smile! This is a night for lovers! This was a scene, of course, from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Oh, yes. Uh, that was more believable to me than what I saw in Morbius. That's a problem, Paul. There's well, there's a lot of that going on. Like I said, uh, in the trailer, there's an, I think half the trailer didn't make it in the movie, which is I don't know. No, it, okay, let's let's start talking about the trailer. Yeah. Now here was the deal, okay, and we talked about this uh, when last we were eavesdropped upon. Right. The reason I was excited about Morbius. Do you recall what I said all those moments ago, Paul? Was that I, he was going to be fighting the vulture or encountering the vulture in some capacity. And those were my favorite Morbius stories. Right. When he fought supervillains. When he fought supervillains. It was always interesting to me to see if the villain was going to make it. Because the stakes are so much higher. You're fighting a vampire. The recent miniseries about the Melter. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's what I had talked about. So to me, tonally, it was going to be like that, right? Right? Well, And instead, we got nothing. Instead, we got this... Okay, well, well the put it, in, it goes back even further than that. The the graffiti on a wall, the headline of a newspaper, there's a scene in which he takes down someone and, and says, I'm Venom. And is it, just kidding, Dr. Michael Morbius, at your service. That whole line was cut up. That last, all of this was, all cut was cut out, out of the movie. Yeah. Anything that would have tied it to this other... The cops being in the park, gone. Cut. His, uh, the surrogate father... 
asking if he could control it. Uh, and the, the urges. Gone. Ladies and gentlemen, the thing, and this is why I almost got ahead of myself and bring up the vulture thing first. Hey, Dr. Mike, we, you should stay in touch. That scene is not in the movie. Why? Because we got a new stripped-down scene. And, Paul, I need to recreate the scene. Okay. I recreated it for uh, my, my, my game design partner, the Sweet Gordon, uh, last, yesterday. And he looked up afterwards and said, my God, I'm sick. And to be I said, right, you got sick just from my retelling, much less seeing it happen on a screen. What's even more bizarre is that uh, Michael Keaton scene is in the movie. He just doesn't speak. Right. It's just him walking out of prison, and okay. they're cutting okay. the parts. So here's the scene. I'm, Speaking. I, uh, theater of the mind, uh, as they say. <clears throat> Imagine, if you will, a frozen screenshot of the tear in the sky oh, yeah. from Spider-Man No Way Home. It, it's, it's like someone holding an animation cell. It's yeah. so awkward and dirty of a shot. Do you think they asked Disney for the special effects and they were like, absolutely not. No, no, go, go on YouTube, <laughs> You're right, you sons go, of bitches. Yeah, get a still from, from a trailer. So basically a still from that movie. Now, what what is the significance of this? If you haven't seen uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, shame on you, it's magnificent. Uh, but as I said, quote unquote, moments ago, uh, my favorite uh, of the Marvel experiences, uh, the theater-going adventures, uh, it, it establishes there was this tear in the multiverse, and at some point, everyone throughout the multiverse who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man was manifesting within this sort of spatial rift. And, and if they didn't set things right, all of these things were going to pour through, and the multiverse was going to bleed out, and there was going to be this centripetal event. Uh, so, uh, one of those uh, characters that was in that rift was presumably the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe Michael Keaton Vulture. So, uh, we then hard cut to an empty jail cell, and Michael Keaton appears in the jail cell. In, like, an Asylum Films level of special effects. Of energy of, world. It, yeah, it's bad. I will point out, film continuity-wise, he is an appreciably different visual of Adrian Toomes. But it is obviously Adrian Toomes. He is older, older yeah, than the I character was when he showed up in Homecoming. This would suggest, again, weird narrative clumsiness, whatever it is to follow. So this older Adrian Toomes manifests, but it is the Marvel Cinematic Universe character because he then looks around his cell and goes, I hope this place got better food than the last one. What a strange so line. He magically what a knows line. what other characters needed to go through a, a, a Greek tragedy to get through that they are, he understands he's been multiverse, multiverse shifted to another continuum because of course he does Sony. So we then cut to a national news broadcast. Adrian Toomes released from jail. Here's what the newscaster says. In a, 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 a continuance of this shocking story that all the world is watching, the mystery man Adrian Toomes that there is no legal record of who appeared in a jail cell on a video camera several weeks ago has been released from jail because nobody knows who he is or how he got there. So the world continues to wonder what's going to happen next for mystery man Adrian Toomes. We then cut to Morbius driving a fast car. He's angry and feral. The fast car stops uh, on a country road uh, near a, a billboard. It looks just like Back to the Future. And, yeah. and 
He gets out, and then what comes streaking from the heavens, the most video game boss-looking version <laughs> of the vulture you ever want to see, streaks down and lands, takes off his helmet. No, no helmet was taken off. Oh, right, right. He right, kept right. it on. Forgive me, forgive me, yeah, forgive yeah. me. That's theater of, of my mind. Uh, hey, Dr. Mike. Oh, I'm glad you responded to my summons. This is a scary world for good guys like us. I think uh, maybe I know some other guys. Maybe the six of us are going to do something about he also it. He mentioned Spider-Man. And you're a Spider-Man. He's a troubling fella. And then Morbius, all he says. Morbius turned feral. Fascinating. And he's like, hey, hey, go ahead. Yeah, all he says is fascinating. Fascinating. In a shot that was not shot at that location. If you noticed, it so, was it looked weird. It, 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 ultimately, am I part of this uh, conspiracy group that believes that that entire vulture was a CGI thing? Yeah, I think I'll join. Yeah. Uh, this thing is, I, we can either attack it as geeks and talk about all the geeky problems with it, but I choose not to at this moment. I will su simply suggest, hello, Sony. My name is Keith Charles Field. The man sitting next to me is... Paulito, little Polly Santos. Uh, I would like to suggest you people are evil. You don't know at all. At all. I just think they're just how, just how the cruel you are, really. Because here's, Paul, what I've come to believe. They know they have a built-in audience for whatever garbage they release. So if they continue to make these cheap, vomitous movies that they have to put no craft or effort into that any random narrative can give rise to that best intentions are led into blind walls that they're willing to just cobble something together in editing with the same confidence that a man once looked at another fellow and said hey edit a sequel out of the original movie and so Garbage Day was born. We got Silent Night, but, Deadly but Night 2. <laughs> I'm suggesting that same philosophy rules at the House of Sony, where they just... The Americans will pay to see this garbage because there is such a cult of personality behind Marvel that as long as we let Marvel make a shiny, nice movie for every one of our four garbage movies, if we can just squeak them through on the basis of post-crisis or post-credit scenes... These films will be considered a chapter and they will matter. I think it's that jaded. I, I appreciate the hustle, but it produces garbage like Morbius that didn't even have customized credits. They used some sort of vector graphics screensaver from 1998 as the little closing credits of Morbius. Yeah, that was weird. I will say, too, I think this... I know I get what you're saying. I would be shocked though if they didn't panic and said, "Oh, we can't do this again." Because the movie only opened Well, that's the thing. You can only it, trade on the fact that Spider-Man No Way Home was a it, real movie once or twice. Right. And they failed because this movie made Good luck, Madam Effing Web. <laughs> right. Uh this movie Who How dare you, Sony? <laughs> how dare you? Number 1. We'll see if that comes out. To be fair, I don't okay. think it's going to come out now. Number 1. Hello everyone. I'm Keith Field. There are 13 women that own the true north of my heart, and three of them are, are, are cartoon characters slash comic book characters. One of them is Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. the Black Cat. When I hear that she's going to be a supporting character in a Madam Web movie? Bizarre. I need a catapult, and I need to know who made these decisions so these people can be fired into the sun! I, again, I think you're going to get people... 
at Sony to actually realize they can't do this. And, and I don't know who this Peyton List is. Why Why are all the Randy boys online uh, obsessed with this Peyton List? I, and why do I not? I, I don't feel she's a worthy Felicia. Because ultimately, I don't want my sweet waifu played by a live-action person. She was signed by Sony, quote, for a Spider-Man movie. Apparently, there has been an online petition or effort to get her cast as the black is cat. Is she the girl? She is not the black cat. Is she the girl from uh, Euphoria? Oh, I probably. I don't watch Euphoria. Is she, I suppose I should, culturally. She, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if that's who I'm thinking. I might be wrong. I would... Rich, who's Peyton List? Figure this out. I, I don't know. I'm an old man, and I'm, you know, not necessarily the target audience for whatever she does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, well, I don't know who... The, I mean, maybe I do know who but that she's, is. But she's supposedly going to be the black cat. I don't approve. She's not old enough. Or impossibly nubile enough or sassy enough. Ultimately, she's not a cartoon character brought to life by a ray gun. <laughs> oh, she is, oh, she is um, a nobody. She's not a nobody. No, but, like I said, nobody, all the naughty boys on her are obsessed with her online. She was with the naughty. Oh, and oh man, on. she was the sister, I guess, in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Well, I can see why all the Randy men are after her then, because that's healthy. I don't think that's her only claim to fame, though. Oh, there must no, be something she, else. It's what's her face from, um... You're uh, failing from, at internet. Uh, uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Oh. She's Tori. You're all dumb for liking Cobra Kai. There, I've said it. Uh, oh, wow. We'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not I, a great... I'm just throwing a little gas at y'all. You gotta shake things up once in a while. I will say, in terms of casting, if this is true, uh, not a great... I agree with you. Not a great casting. No, that's not Felicia. my sweet, sweet Felicia. No. Um... Yeah, but you're wrong about Cobra Kai. Oh, but moving whatever. on. <laughs> moving on. Whatever, man child. I mean, me, Grow up. me and most of uh, America love that show. Yeah, because you're all dumb. That's would, right, America. I, I would give those creators the, uh, the X Men franchise in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. No, I'd give them the X Men in a, a heartbeat. What do yeah. I care? They can't do anything worse than the rest of the garbage movies you people <laughs> pretended to like. Paul. I, all right, we Name. got a lot of X-Men movies stretching out before us in the Sahara. Right. Let me ask you. Right. Which are the good ones? You get to pick two. Oh, just two? Two. And uh, you know what? We're going to include Deadpool in that mix. Oh, if it's only two and you put a gun to my head, uh-huh. it would have to be uh, Days of Futures Past. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, that's rough. Truths, Paul. We speak only truths on this podcast. I I gotta go with Logan. Logan and Days of Futures Past. All right. You I know what you just you know just pulled off a pass because you agree. Uh, I I you gotta well if you're gonna ask me to grade you on the Keith me right right right. Well then you only got a fifty percent because you got it half right. Okay. Uh, the the correct answer. You see, I I it was it was a trap. Right. I, I had to qualify it. Right. Was indeed Logan, right? And the the first Deadpool movie. See, I like. I think that I think Days of Future's Past is a better movie. I than Deadpool. I, I found I it like... garish. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, you I thought it was Kitty... cute. I thought it was cute, but I, it was garish. You wanted Kitty Pride. It's not accurate enough. It should be Kitty Pride traveling into uh, the past. Well, maybe, maybe there was they, just something missing. No, they there was something lot... missing. I'll tell you what it was. All right, I'm gonna say it. Now, 
Okay, I'm gonna lose credibility with some, but perhaps gain credibility with others. Well, I can't this wait to hear podcast this. is called Infinite Geek, Co- Geek Talk, isn't it? So it, it it's a name understood on the that there's going to be some things that come out of me that diminish my reputation as a man of the world and a champion of dignity and honor. Some things are just going to be raw and geeky. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, so so here, here it goes. Uh, for years, for years, uh, I have uh, run and I continue to run a Marvel tabletop game. Uh, it is an alternate take on the Marvel Universe, of course. I will not get deep into its continuity tonight. But for anyone who is curious, it, it's a lovely place. And 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 I, I, I shudder to think of a world in which its secrets die with the handful of, of beautiful souls that have experienced it. But any one of these individuals will be able to tell you that a major NPC in my campaign is Bolivar Trask. And to see Bolivar Trask reimagined as Peter Dinklage in a lab coat made me sick. <laughs> that is not my beautiful Bolivar, a, 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 a fellow who is rather inspired as a take of a, uh, the, the whole God loves man kills take on the Reverend Stryker, that there's a, a biblical angle well, that's the problem. and a mutant killing angle. It works. It's very imperial and regal. And instead we get, oh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and uh, that's the problem with the Brian Singer movies, that there are some, there's some casting and some story des- decisions that you're like, those are, I agree with all of that. Sure. Uh, your um, Hugh Jackmans, your, Peter, your Patrick Stewart's, your mm-hmm. Ian McKellen's. But yeah, I wasn't in love with Peter Dinklage as Bolivar Trask. Good, good. So we all agree my my distaste for for the the contrast and casting between my version of the the character in my tabletop game and this small lovable man. Uh, it's viable. Who would you cast as Bolivar Trask? I'm never uh, good at this game, so I always throw uh, it to other uh, people. Uh, 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 who's the guy who played Remus Lupin in the Harry Potter movies? Oh, that yeah. Perfect. That's actually perfect. Casting. Boom. That's perfect. <laughs> to give the audience an idea of like who should be. You know, Paul. I, I suppose I'm I'm a, a vulnerable enough little turtle dove that I I could reveal uh, here in the context of the podcast that I always felt I would have made a hell of a movie producer. I have such an eye for for casting. It's one of my skills. I mean, you couldn't do a worse job than most movie producers. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take him and put him in a lab coat. Yeah. I'm going to put him in a little black slick suit with a P on its chest. I also Welcome to Keats Canada. I actually I also don't uh, I'm as much as I like that movie, I don't love the retro sen- Nah, I, I don't like the time sync thing, but I'm proud of them for sticking with it. Yeah, but I don't like the way they look, the weird jet engine yeah. thing. Yeah, I yeah. don't mind the future Nimrod Sentinels. I don't mind them the way they look. I don't like how See the more, and this is nerdy stuff. That's what I mean. Days of Future Past is an excellent. movie. I don't like that the Sentinels didn't get to be Sentinels in the retro scenes. That they were just Magneto's little. Puppets. Yeah, that was weird. That bothered me. It diminished their credibility for me, for me at least, as an origin point for what would well, then become well, the Nimrod even like Sentinels. an army. If we're gonna take it on the the, the geek slide right. that way, and even like the army of uh, you know, for lack of a better term, Nimrod Sentinels. Yeah. Nimrod, for everybody who doesn't know, is a one specific Uber Sentinel. That has uh, adaptive capabilities. You know, it, he adapts to mutants' powers, and he's very, very difficult to, to destroy. 
uh, Nimrod was a heroic, quote unquote, ultimate sentinel from the future who devastated the Hellfire Club and, and caused major casualty upon the X-Men's first appearance. And I was sure was going to be the next great force in X-Men villainy. We were then treated to decades of crappy Nimrod stories until a beautiful angel named Jonathan Hickman returned the character to glorious Predicence and Class A villain during the current era of X-Men. And they hid that Nimrod was going to be a big deal. I remember reading House of X, Powers of X, and and halfway through I realized, oh my God, they're making Nimrod. We got the Nimrod we were promised in 1986. God bless you, Hickman. Yeah, and that's why with the the Days of Futures past, having like an army of Nimrods doesn't really make sense because that's just just kind of... You calling them Nimrods is... That's that's basically what they are. And also they're weird. They have their powers from a weird mystique and rogue gene thing yep and i'm no scientist guy but i don't know if genetics goes into mechanical like you know they just, oh stop it is with that so kind of dull bull. it's it comics dumb. leave it alone it's it fine dumb. living machines this also goes to my um this is i'm a really uh take a uh, weird tangent here i don't like weird fan fiction stuff okay it's too like out there with no okay. explanation uh, my perfect example is the is more recent yeah they did an animated film justice league apocalypse war Blech. and they're like oh dark side made parademon doomsdays no and you're like that's yeah. just word yeah. salad that, that, that's not real <laughs> that's like a fanfic i eighth agree 100 there's only one problem oh, with what you stronger. said they're stronger than dark side and they're you know they can kill anything you those know, that's cartoons dumb. man were now okay now i'm gonna want to be the fact poison. that you're about, Okay, I'm about to go on ladies a and rant. gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'll point out he called them poison. Uh, poison. I, the thing I was going to correct you on was you called them films. I don't feel any of those things deserve to be called a film. They, you, you, you said uh, you called it like minutes. fan fiction. Yeah, they're garbage cartoons for the people that can't, that are hungry for the the wonderful animated universe. Yeah. animated universe. And they keep coming back tentatively, hopeful that some sliver will be there. Well, Kevin Conroy's Batman, maybe this will sink back to the good thing that died so many years ago. No. Even the stuff that is supposedly based in that universe that has come out after that golden era, after Justice League Unlimited wrapped. Nope, sorry, it's all fallen short. All of it is a pale, pale echo of what we left behind. You mean Batman, Harley Quinn, and uh, Justice League. Well, but let me say that. I actually liked the Batman Harley Quinn thing. And the, I've, and I've, the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO is an exception. It's a whole other animal. I friggin' love I it. I give you Batman Harley Quinn, but the actress they picked to voice Harley Quinn was a huge mistake. Man, and Melissa Roche is adorable. Uh, yeah, I don't care that, that it, it was a different Harley. She's no, no, adorable. I don't mind it was different because I like um, Kaylee, uh, Kaylee Coco on, yeah. on um, the animated series. But in the movie... It was really annoying hearing her talk. I will really I, annoying. I, it wasn't annoying, but it's a weird choice, right? You know that you're gonna, and then to go over to Kaylee, <laughs> much better. Yeah, it, it's, but that makes it even weirder in a way, right? Because mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. friends and co-stars for years. But yeah, I, I really love the HBO series. I didn't think I would in the first three or four episodes, as I think we said earlier. Uh, it was a little bit of a, an effort to get through, but still get through it. I did. Yeah, and and but and I was glad that I did because everything that's followed has been super awesome, and they should keep that thing going forever. That and Doom Patrol. To hell with everything else. <sighs> hey, that Titans thing—you you just go ahead and burn it now. How much have you watched of that? 
It, smell. It's it is smell, Paul. I terrible. watch the first one and then I'll pop in here and there to look at things. No. I'll look at scenes on on the YouTubes when when the geeks I venerate speak of such things. No, it's dumb. Sorry, no. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. But that goes back to my thing. I do not like weird and it's it's lazy writing, right? Of course. It's not it's not like the Kryptonite uh it's not like the Kryptonite McGuffin or it's, Yellow for Hal Jordan's ring. It's more like, oh, we got dark side. I'm gonna make a god that's yeah, like it's, 30 like dark said, fan sides. fiction. Fan fiction. Like, what? These are garbage movies for no one. Right, right. That, that, that that's why I'm proud of you that you led with poison. Because garbage movie sounds yeah, yeah, a little softer. And I and and I wanna well, make this, for no one I wanna make harsh. this clear because I've worked for yes. DC and Warner Brothers for so long. Yes. This is not the fault of the producers or the writers. It is the studio yes. that has told yes, them correct. this is the garbage we want. Yes. And they are sometimes, like, yes, yeah, some of them aren't talented. I'm not going to go who's who. <laughs> you figure it out on your own. But the studios <laughs> are the problem. The studios are the people, you know, who are interfering, saying we want this or that. Paul, I, you know? I, I've spent every waking moment since the early 2000s wondering what would happen if a Justice League made up of heroes that I don't love and Batman <laughs> fought the Fatal Five. Oh, man. Woo! That was... What a treat! Yeah! I will call it the director on that, though, because he got in a lot of trouble because in the DVD... I think it was DVD. He was filmed somehow. It got made it to YouTube where the man goes, yeah, Jessica Cruz, Jessica who's the female uh, Earth Green Lantern, was my favorite Green Lantern ever since I was a kid. <laughs> that man was in his 30s. Jessica Cruz wow. was created when he was like 25, maybe earlier, uh, older, 28. You know, he got if you don't want the elder nerds to, to say things that will make them accused of gatekeeping and being douchey. Just don't lie. Just don't friggin' lie. Don't lie. I don't care if it's your first project and you have no idea who these people are. Don't make up narratives. No, the animated, let, let me tell you, like, these animated, and again, it's, you know, I've liked pieces of some of them, right? Like, I, yeah. I've watched all of them because I'm a DC fan. Sure, so I'm, a, sure. I'm a masochist when it comes to that. Um, I, I, it's, it's gross. There's, there's certain aspects like Death of Superman. I thought that movie was pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a movie. Well, you know, <laughs> it's just him fighting Doomsday, right? Here's the it's, thing. That's all he needed there to do. There are moments, right. right? There are moments that play with the same satisfaction that a pleasant surprise of a cinema and a video game might bring you. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's a cool little sequence they did. But if you watch a bunch of them, you realize something, oh my God. Like, when enough time goes by, they produce, like, the same movie again. Like, they're totally, yes. yeah. like, Return of Superman and Son of Batman, or whatever they ended up calling oh, that, yeah. are this weird, like, clone of each other. Yeah. Almost beat for beat. Yeah. The same things are happening in the same characters. It's a washer's room of just... Death and the bat because these are super edgelord cartoons too, where the body count oh, is yeah, it's jacked up. It's it's the Batman. Get ready, super villains. The Batman ones are even more bizarre. It's like Batman Bad Blood because you die. Where Batwoman shows up and it should be about the the crime bible and all that stuff. Yeah, but the Court of Owls are there. But like, why? Or like Return of Super or Reign of Superman? Mongol is supposed to be the bad guy. 
Mongols, just a big alien with a, uh, a Death Star yeah. type ship. No, it's Dark Side. Gotta be that Dark Side you because you mofos they love... won't let go of friggin' Dark Side. And we've talked about how much I love Dark Side. Oh, but he's been yes. overused and poorly overused. Because I'll take um, overused correctly. Listen, my spirit father, Grant Morrison, tried mm. so hard to brush away decades of overuse. Return Dark Side to this simpler, more primal, borderline Lovecraftian form. Dark Side is. Dark Side is. Great. That's like the best thing he's ever I come up with. Sp- I raise my arm and a million arms raise up in chorus. Yeah. Dark Side is. It, it was brilliance. Final Crisis tried hard to tap that same spirit while idiots continue to overuse the character around him trying to crumble away, trying to explain all those awful, awful, awful stories that happened between those two story beats. And it just didn't work. It keeps sludging back in. The simple... And then someone says, well, I just think there's a simple elegance to the character. Here he comes again with Calabac and Canto and all the gang. Shined up and look exactly like they did in 1974. No one loves them. No one loves them. People pretend to because it represents the highest form of flattery to the memory of Kirby to suggest that that era is even better than what came before. It's not. They were failed action figure pitches. I will Let s- it go, Raphael. I will say that Calabac has at least changed uh, designs every almost every time they've brought him back. I liked when Byrne had him start to look like Darkseid. I thought that, that was, was cool. cool. Yeah, that I was like, quickly abandoned. That was that was abandoned. Um, I also like I like the idea of uh, Kanto. I just don't like the Renaissance. I like the idea of all of them. I just don't like any of them. No, I can't. No, you can't. Vernon, Varen, Werner, whatever that World War One. I. I you know I don't freaking guy. Vermin Vunderbar there go. is yeah. far from the least offensive member of the Dark Side elite. Do you think he's someone worse than Varen Vunderbar? I do. Who? Granny friggin' uh, goodness. No, too many people. Like, I know where, where yeah, you're Yeah, too many from. people have drank the friggin' Kool-Aid. Yeah. It all sucks. They hear, what's his face? Who voiced? Who voiced? No, my favorite character in the fourth world is Hyman. Say it with oh, me, everyone. Hyman. I don't know. Hyman, Hyman, Hyman. Yep, he's my favorite member of the fourth world cast. Hyman. What, yeah. Paul? No, nothing. Didn't you have nothing. a Hyman lunchbox? <laughs> no, When no. you celebrated the brilliance of Kirby? Well, we've talked about the the elite, uh, but it's ironic though. The actual Dark Side family is more interesting. Like his dad yeah, is Hagra. Very, Hagra's interesting. Uh, uh, Yuga, Yuga Khan. Yuga Khan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are interesting. It's like the brute. Because, you know, they were shown in one panel and then other people well, flushed them out. For those who don't know about the fourth world, it's... It, it's like a good idea that has never All really right. hit its Paul, zenith. Paul, I have to proudly offer once again. Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to plug someone. Uh, I the the best accounting and the cleanest accounting of this story uh, that I've I've enjoyed was on uh, a YouTube channel. A fellow by the I think the channel is called Specter Creative. Uh, the fella is an insider from the world of action figure and toy making. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he's he has his his fans and his detractors, but he's a big deal. He uh, was very involved in a lot of the uh, development and marketing of and history of He Man and the Masters of the Universe. And and I spent a summer afternoon 
in the grips of Mother Nature, watching episode after episode of his fascinating channel. And one of the episodes was about Jack King Kirby in the fourth world. So as the story goes, uh, when the good people at Mattel realized they were idiots for passing on a fellow by the name of George Lucas and his Star Wars franchise, they decided they'd had to have something to go head-to-head -head with the dominant leader in the, the world of action figure sales. That, of course, being the Star Wars line from Kenner. And so they decided they would try to design something with all of the, the appropriate uh, gusto of Star Wars that they could then launch a line of action figures for. So the plan was to get the master, Jack Kirby to design what would be the next big thing in comics, designed as a launching point for a family of action figures. The result was the fourth world. So when you consider this as someone who is specifically aping Star Wars, and you have a character named Darkseid, I'm sorry. It's, it's, you've lost. It's he's pathetic. Lost. You've lost. He's lost you. It's pathetic, and I'm done. I can no longer pretend to like this just transparent new Coke advertising uh, leaflet. I'm sorry. There's not enough craft there. It, oh, Ryan. But at any rate, uh, listen. You want to talk about the genius attack of Jack Kirby? Let's talk about the Infant Terrible, one of my favorite characters in all of, of the history of Marvel. I will not ever pretend to love the Fourth World stuff. Garbajeo. Yeah. Grande. So, that being the case, didn't catch on. This would continue, because guess who else? Guess who else was part of Operation We Need a New Star Wars? Who's that? <coughs> the Eternals. <coughs> they were in... Oh. So, so... But the Eternals... I would... Yeah, but the Eternals are not... I mean, the I, fourth I, I, world I, I, is much more successful Much more successful than the Eternals. Obviously, you know? Paul. Nobody liked the Eternals except me. <laughs> Because cause I, I, I really like, uh, uh, what's-his-face, Carcass. <laughs> I just thought he was a cool dude. So I, I have every appearance of Carcass. There can't be that many. No, they're not. <laughs> There's no great achievement there, my friend. He's he's my favorite Marvel character, so I'm glad he wasn't but, in the Eternals movie. But anyway, anyway, yeah, right, anyway. Right. I mean, this is, so yeah, that's, that's where the fourth world came from. And everyone, there are people who have risen to the challenge of telling compelling fourth world stories. Uh, I would argue Jack Kirby wasn't one of them. I, I, I love everything Byrne did with those characters. And here's why, and this will sound like a backhanded slap, and it's not, I mean this. Given the fact that they were all Flash No Substance characters, mm -hmm. you know, there's something, but there is a little bit of a hippie beat that runs by them, but nothing significant. Right. Um, in my opinion. This is all my opinion. You're welcome to love them. I'm not trying to convert your minds. You're all wrong if you disagree. The... Uh, the thing is, there's not much there, but the burn stories are very surface as well, but he evolves concepts, so it's neat. It's like saying, you know, we'll continue to have this very cold science fiction fantasy story roll forward, and he's honoring it by keeping it cold and soulless. I, I don't know if you'll agree, but that's why well, I've dug it. I think the I think the problem is whereas uh, Morrison specifically tried to do like totem stories and god stories, right? Which is neat. Well, I I think the fourth world to the it it works when the characters are used in say Justice League and more as like members of the DC universe, like Big Barda. And I, everybody forgets that. The um, cast-off characters, yes. Mr. Mr. Miracle's a fine character. Right. Big Barda's a cool character. I think even Orion could be used... Like, remember when New 52 started? Right. And they brought in the uh, a newer version of Orion? 
Oh, for the, for the for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, and then he We're, appeared elsewhere, and the appearances not, contradicted each other. Yeah, so, so yeah, that, that, that example doesn't win me over. But I like. But the you Brian can do Azz- something interesting with any cipher right, character. But, but Brian Azzarello made a pretty good Orion. Eh, like a I co- guess you, you like him as like a. Cockier. I would have liked any other lesser known hero in that same role. Honestly, but who rather would, than a fourth god character, uh, uh, there are two or three Herculeses. Uh, uh, Atlas. That that the Atlas that James Robinson well, tries to go over and go make villain. There's a him. there's a weird rabbit hole. How many Hercules exist in the DC universe? For well, Marvel, there's one as Hercules. As far as I could tell you, I could count four. So there's Hercules Unbound. Uh-huh. Whoever and which I, who I don't know where that guy is. Burns Mr. Champion Hercules. Mr. Champion Hercules. The uh, Terry Dotson. Did they bring back? Was that his? Remember, I, I can't, Infinite, can't Infinite. speak intelligently about that. I'm not sure. They brought back Hercules. I just don't okay. know if it was the, an, an established character. Uh, there was a Hercules that Superman encountered in the Silver Age. Yep. Uh, you can certainly argue that that is the same as one of the other Herculeses. I would not, because these are significantly different characters. And uh, Batman, I believe, encountered a Hercules by time travel, but you could probably sync him up with the Superman one. But yeah, this is the point. It's that as a public domain fantasy character, any number of appearances, uh, but there are specific Hercules Herculeses. So I would cut them some slack and say, rather than guess about 12, if you include the Golden (laughs) Age, I'll say there were probably four that you could point to. That you can't reconcile together. And Hercules, I'm if about- I had to pick one, is the one I'm going to champion and stand by. It's Ian. It's Jim. It's Ian Champion. <laughs> uh, it, uh, uh, it is going to be the Walt Simons. The, right. Right. Yes, of course. Champion. That was bad stuff, Burn. And I don't know what that egg foo was supposed to be, but it wasn't any less or more offensive than anything else. It was he just didn't dumb. create egg foo though. He brought him back. No, Burns' uh, deconstruction slash reintroduction, whatever you want to call it, was that he he wasn't really a he. It was just this weird dome from the fourth world that when you walked inside of it would convert you into parademons for Darkseid's army. Because again, enough with the Darkseid fi- America. Now the weekly Fifty Two series though made it more interesting. Maybe who made oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. made in Modoc, yeah. and I thought that was perfectly awesome for for DC. Yeah, I yeah. always I always have this weird thing that I don't think a lot of people agree with me. I like there being DC and Marvel counterparts. Oh, I I'm love not it, saying dude. they all need to be like A listers. Well, I will point out that that's And so ends another episode of Infinite Geek Talk. Moon Knight gets a meh, but poor Morbius is deemed tragic. Paul gets his X-Men fandom rating up to an 83%. And, as it turns out, Keith does not wax on or wax off to Cobra Kai. Do you have something to add to this infinite conversation? Visit the Rat's Nest Studio Facebook page. And don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite pod platform. Infinite Geek Talk is brought to you by Infinite Heroes Comics, Cards, and Collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut, and Gorilla Valley Games. Infinite Geek Talk is a Rat's Nest production, recorded and engineered by Rich Johnson in the Rat's Nest Studios.